everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Bands at Season 3, Episode 34, WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, where today's podcast is proudly supported by the teams Nat and Anna at Roller Games and their Mad Footy Board Game. They're keeping big bags of gold and making turnovers at critical times and changing the way footy is delivered one game at a time. That's what this new AFL-inspired board game is all about. And you can find them on, on at Roller Games on Instagram, Roller Games on Facebook, and rollergames.com.au, that's R-O-L-L-A, to find out a bit more about them. But more importantly, to get your hands on a mad full footy board game for you and the family. And uh, again, we're going back to our normal sports, a little bit of rugby, a bit of netball, and of course, some soccer or some football. But let's start off with some Super Rugby Pacific. Let's talk some Western Force men. Now, firstly, uh, an annual spring series has been confirmed, which will now be on an annual basis, obviously, of course, uh, with the annual spring series. Uh, the Cheetahs, uh, obviously, many people uh, going all the way back to the Super 15s. I uh, remember the Cheetahs from South Africa were part of the competition. Uh, there was five teams from Australia, five teams from New Zealand, and five teams from South Africa before it um, you know, culminated and turned into the uh, the current culmination that it is but uh yes the cheetahs hometown in bloemfontein uh they'll host two matches followed by two games in perth in september with the venues of the perth matches yet to be locked in as are the hbf park uh for the remainder of that time is unavailable due to the fifa world cup of course uh, the women's world cup that's being uh, hosted in both australia and new zealand now the aim of this is to form long-lasting relationships and fill the gap of high level rugby downtime in australia and allow players to propel their development beyond clubland and of course that was a bit of a quote well it was a bit of a paraphrase from coach simon cron i'm just going to find a little bit more information about that in regard to you know the reason behind um you know why he was doing what he was doing but quickly whilst i'm trying to find that uh, is it here no of course it's not here um we're just going to move forward, actually. So, in a positive from a returning player's perspective, Bryce Hegarty uh, returned from injury, while Captain Michael Wells and Tony Pooley uh, were also past fit for the game against the Highlanders. And to add on to this, they've also brought in, or returning, is I sorry Izzy Nazarani, uh, firstly debuting in 2017. They haven't been capped 61 times as a back row. And since, since finishing up in the Japan Rugby League 1, He'll see out the rest of the season with the force. Uh, he's already started training with the club and will be available for selection in a couple of weeks as he recovers from an injury that he sustained in Japan. Now, adding on to this is another returning homegrown player and flanker in Carlo Tizano, who will be back on home soil after four years away. Uh, he's been a Rugby WA Academy representative, but also was in the Australian Schoolboys competition under 20s and won the NRC, the National Rugby Championship, with a force back in 2019, uh, where he made his debut as part of the Global Rapid Rugby Competition, which we all know. Now to the on-field action, and what a bounce back after a very difficult New Zealand away trip and a tough loss at the hands of the Waratahs the week before. But the men took care of business in a massive win for the confidence, uh, defeating the Highlanders 30-17, to 17, actually beating them for the first time in a decade. That's right, 10 years. But it could have been more. 
as in like, you know, they could have won by more. Uh, really convincing. The Highlanders were down to 13 men around the 20-minute mark of the game, despite an onslaught of uh, set pieces. But uh, the Highlanders stood strong. So they could have won by more, but nonetheless. Now, this was all really set up on the back of a dominant 40 minutes. Uh, they had led 24-3 to to the halftime break. But overall, they had 56% possession. They had 40 more runs, 175 more meters gained, 22 more rucks won, and four less penalties conceded. Uh, they were also able to see off a 20-minute surge from the Highlanders and withstand that pressure. Tries were scored by Bryce Hegarty, Manasa Matae, and Tom Horton, uh, with all tries converted by uh, Bryce Hegarty as well. Now, with the win, they've jumped up to eighth spot and clinging to a final spot with Fiji and Drua and the New South Wales Waratahs hot on their heels on the same amount of premiership points, but a weaker points differential. So, really good win. Uh, by goodness, they needed it. As I said, re- very tough road trip to New Zealand. And then, you know, they copped a bit of a whacking at the hand of the Waratahs the weekend before. So, great, great bounce back. And let's hope they can keep the momentum rolling. I'm going to leave it for the Western Force. Let's now make our way to the hard court. Let's talk about Suncorp Super Mep Netball. And of course, that means a bit of West Coast fever. To pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Just before we chat a little bit of game situation, let's uh, talk about a couple of acknowledgements. Our 50 coach games uh, just yesterday in their Sunday game for championship winning coach Dan Ryan. So congratulations to you. Coincidentally enough, uh, that 50th game will be against the team he first coached in the Adelaide Thunderbirds. We actually did have a terrific coaching record there. He was 1-27 and uh, in a win-loss record there. So uh, well played for turning it around because he's just been amazing since he's come to the West Coast Fever. And another congratulations has to go to 150 games as a professional netballer and 12 years in the game for Verity Simmons. So well played, Verity. However, this time the Fever were on the other end of a tight match and it went the other way, falling 63-64 in their top of the table clash with the Adelaide Thunderbirds. And it was one that they hope doesn't come back to haunt them. The Fever led for the majority of the match, but four final quarter super shots from Adelaide star Eleanor Cardwell sort of stole the win away from the team. Uh, With her last one with 13 seconds left in the game, sealing the victory and choosing to go for the two-point super shot for the win instead of a safe goal to take it to overtime. Very gutsy, but hey, she made it count, so well played to her. Uh, The team started off terrifically well, uh, going up 2017 in the first term. Uh, going up by as much as nine goals uh, in that term as well before Cardwell reeled in the lead with her trademark and trio of two pointers. Uh, The West Coast Fever did, however, maintain the lead across the second term, having a 35-31 lead to the main break. A flurry of late quarter goals in the third term allowed the team to take a five-goal lead going into the final break and to defend. As highly touted goalkeeper Shamira Sterling made Janelle Fowler's life difficult, uh, the countrywoman, of course, of her, uh, not allowing the usual connection within the circle and a strong attacking threat on the way to restricting the fever to just 13 goals in the final term versus Adelaide's 19, which gave them the one goal advantage upon the final siren. Now to the stats, and whilst the fever had five more deflections and the same for defensive rebounds, they had eight more penalties for some for obstruction and only two up against Adelaide's 13 intercepts. They're just giving the ball away 
to the opposition. And that's not okay, it's not good enough, and I'm sure they will learn from that. On an individual perspective, Sasha Glasgow shot 4 of 4 and 4 of 5 from the super shot. Alice Teague Neal had 26 assists, 34 feeds, but 8 turnovers, which is the same as Verity Simmons, unfortunately. Not the best 150th game. Um, and whilst again on the defensive end, Captain Courtney Bruce, she gathered five gains and eight deflections. Now the team still remains half a game ahead and atop of the Suncorp Super Neville ladder. However, before looking to the first of two consecutive yet again away clashes, taking on the Sunshine Coast Lightning next Sunday. So yes, maybe you could say it was the loss that they had to have. No one wants to lose, and they lost by one goal, so, you know, and against the team that's sitting second at the moment. So nothing to sneeze at, but uh, you don't like losing your home games. They're gold. You don't want to, you know, give them up by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, it was one that got away from them, and we can only hope it doesn't cost them. Um, although, like, you know, home home sort of field advantage it means nothing now because I'm pretty sure the, the decision has already been made that's going to be in Sydney for the next three years or something along the lines of that. It was definitely announced a while ago, but uh, it just escapes me exactly where it was announced. But uh, we're going to leave it there for now, and let's now head to the pitch. Let's talk a bit of football, a bit of uh, A-leg, and that means a bit of Perth Glory Men. Glory, glory, Perth Glory. Well, the gentleman's post-season dream is hanging by the barest of margins and threads. After the most pulsating and drama-filled game, especially in the final injuring time minutes, resulting in a four-all draw with Adelaide United. It was a stunning opening play first goal by Ryan Williams, who had found the overlap. Plenty of green grass as he ran into an open penalty box, chipping it over the goalie open the account for the men in purple. Before minutes later, the team conceded a soft goal, in merely a failure to clear the ball. <coughs> Excuse me. A deflected goal and slice of fortune fell Adelaide's way to make it 2-1 uh, to United before a Williams cross to Adam Taggart to an Adam Taggart header leveled it all back up with an hour gone. Uh, the 77th minute, a driving shot on the side from Craig Goodwin deflected from the post straight to an unmarked man. Well, that was another preventable goal that gave Adelaide the lead back 3-2 before a stunning procession of late-time goals. Adrian Zimmerino persisted in the 92nd minute to scrappily score with a ball bobbling around in the penalty box, and yet again we're back to level pegging before what you would think would be the winner. In the 95th minute, Adam Taggart's solo effort and a long-range missile found its way in the bottom left-hand corner of the net and passed the goalkeeper, sending the home crowd into absolute raptures. But the fairy tale wasn't to be, with another twist in the tale to come in the form of a 98th-minute side-of-the-box strike from an Adelaide United player to break the hearts of Glory fans and Glory players, leaving it with a 4 all result. But suffice to say, one of the best games of the entire season, if not the best. Now looking at the stat sheet, Perth Glory probably seemed to be lucky to walk away with a draw on the back of 12-25 to 25 goal, goal attempts. 5 to 10 shots on goal, 2 to 8 shots off goal. They had 5 less corner kicks, 6 less free kicks. And Cameron Cook had 6 to 1 keeper save. So, you know, yes, of course, he conceded 4 goals, but the team conceded 4 goals, I guess you could say that too. But, you know, he kept them in as well. Uh, they had 13 less attacks and 13 less, excuse me, dangerous attacks. 
Now, it was, however, such a gutsy effort. Uh, it was resilient. They showed character and a strong mentality to twice come back from behind to draw themselves back into the game. But having the lead first up, and then having the lead with mere minutes to go. They just couldn't hold on, shut down, stop, park the bus, do whatever you need to do. Those defensive lapses were costly, and it was an opportunity missed. Now, instead of being one point out of sixth place heading into the final round, they're now at full win and goal difference, hoping for a Wellington Phoenix loss, who are in sixth place, a glory win, and buy enough goals to jump them to have any chance. So, basically, all they can focus on is just winning, and then we'll find out if they win by enough to, you know, jump. But again, they're leaving it with, you know, they're le- leaving other teams to, you know, decide their fate, which of course is not what they wanted. And they had a great opportunity to get a win, but uh, they did what they could. They tried terrific games, scored goals, kept on fighting, and you can't argue or question that. If you're a supporter, all you want is your team to fight, fight, fight. And they certainly did that. So we're going to leave it there for the Perth Glory men. Let's now talk, go back to the rugby side. Let's talk some Western Force women. <clears throat> that, I think. And the Western Force, through an error, back in possession. And Clough will have a go at picking and driving. Seven metres away, the Western Force in a great spot. Stevens is next. Fell sends it out. Leddington. Hirohirangi pass it through. They're going to slice. Now the winning streak was snapped and in a solid fashion unfortunately going down 27-45 to the Brumbies. It was a big second half of the team winning at 20-10 but the damage was done early going into the main breakdown 7-35. They did have 62% possession but only 37% territory and what killed them was 1 of 5 conversions up against six of six, six of six from the Brumbies. Brumbies, sorry. Uh, they only scored one less try versus the Brumbies. But those conversions are easy points. You've got to make count. And that's where they lost the match, really. Now, they went down fighting, but the result ended in uh, missing out on the finals, despite making a late run. It was, however, their most successful season in the Super W in a number of years. Uh, the team conceded three tries in the first 15 minutes to be on the back foot immediately and a fourth within the first 40 minutes of play. Now, whilst the home side played like a completely different side in the final 20 minutes and displayed some of their best football all season, the first half, first half damage took its toll in what was an exhilarating final game for the Force women. Tries went to Angel Shweki, Trillian Pamari, Lynn Collin, and two to Martha Matae. Now they finished second last at the end of the competition, one point out of the top three. Uh, they had eight points total, but miles away from the top two in the Reds and Waratahs, who are on 18 and 22 points, uh, competition points, respectively. So, look, they didn't start off really well at all. Um, got a bit of a run on, had a couple of uh, back-to-back wins the last two weeks uh, before, of course, going down to the Brumbies in a game that realistically was sort of set up for them to get a victory and sneak their way into the top three. But it wasn't to be. So, you know, with the Super W Academy that's, you know, up and running, that's going to help them with their talent and, you know, personnel coming through in future years. And, of course, with Matt Hodgson at the helm, uh, you know, the Western Force legend, um, I'm sure they'll bounce back next season, no doubt. So we're going to leave it there for the Western Force. We're going to quickly touch base with the Perth Wildcats with some more personnel updates. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the brow. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh, no. Here we come. Oh no, here we come, yeah, the Perth Wildcats are 
Now, firstly, the uh, schedule for the upcoming 2023-24 season, where uh, the Wildcats will kick off their campaign in front of the Red Army on Friday, September 29, against Tasmania, but then we'll back it up on Sunday, October 1, taking on former senior assistant and newly appointed Southeast Melbourne coach Mike Kelly at John Kane Arena in the season opening doubleheader. And uh, all of those features will be posted on our socials over the coming days. Uh, and a big positive for the club and the fans in particular, the schedule features eight Friday night blockbusters at the arena, two Thursday night games, three Saturday games, and one Sunday. With as per normal, six of their first 10 games, they'll be at home before, of course, they welcome the tennis. They'll be kicked out of the state and they'll play some uh, on-the-road games. Now, to a personnel perspective, the club has decided to move on, let go, and release from their two and one-year contracts, respectively, in uh, Todd Blanchfield and Mitch Norton, who have both now found in new homes at different NBL clubs. So thanks very much for the service, gentlemen. We certainly will miss you. Uh, that was the losses. Now to the additions and the ins. And firstly, they've signed a young and, and young up-and-coming local Perth player to a full-time contract in Ben Henschel, having represented WA and Australia on multiple occasions and was named the Wobble Player of the Year in 2021, having been a standout in the 2023 under-20 national championships helping WA to the gold medal victory and awarded the Bob Staunton medal for most outstanding male player of the tournament. Now currently he's playing for the Basketball Australia Centre of Excellence in the NBL 1 East competition where he's averaging 22.3 points, 3.1 rebounds, 4.8 assists and 2.1 steals. Now Ben as quoted from him will bring a lot of versatility, has good size and length through a guard and can be another option for scoring whilst coach John Rilly and uh, let's actually find the picture that I was looking for. He summed him up saying that they were attracted to his feel for the game and the swagger he approaches the game with. He has great positional size, which will help separate him. His youthful enthusiasm will be something I want to see every day. Offensively, he will be dynamic in the open floor. Defensively, he will become a very disruptive defender and he has natural instincts for the ball. And uh, to Perth Wildcats General Manager of Basketball Operations, Danny Mills, he sort of spoke of Henshaw saying that we're thrilled to be able to secure his signature of Ben and bring him home to Perth to start his professional basketball career. He's exactly the type of young talent with upside. Uh, we set out in free agency to bring into our program and to continue to develop his combination of positional size and natural feel and IQ for the game to allow him the versatility to play both on and off the ball. And lastly, they've also re-signed mid-season addition from last year, Ty Webster, for two more seasons with a team option on the second year bringing a dynamic playing ability to the guard position. Uh, he's a suitable rebounding guard, has an, ag has an aggressive and confident mindset, and can create winning plays out of nothing, which every team needs. Uh, also being able to put pressure on the rim, generate offsets both for himself and his teammates. And that summary was sort of from both coach John Reilly and manager of basketball operations, Danny Mills. Of course, I'm paraphrasing and summarizing what they were saying. But yeah, of course, a couple of outs in, uh, you know, Mitch Norton and Todd Blanchfield and a couple of ins in a young Ben Henschel and uh, the returning Ty Webster. So I'm going to leave it there for the Perth Wildcats. All right, that is the end of another episode, Season 3, Episode 34, the Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. 
uh, where the Perth Wildcats are, you know, adding many, many local players. Uh, in fact, they're talking about that they're only going to have two imports, so Bryce Cotton and then someone else that they're going to get more local, you know, marquee players. So watch this space from a Perth Wildcats perspective. The Western Force women's season is over. Well played, ladies. Not a bad effort overall. One of their better seasons uh, from what I'm reading into. Uh, the Glory Men, they still have the barest, slimmest, uh, thinnest margins of, uh, you know, chance to make the finals, but a lot is going to have to go their way. And of course, it all starts with a W um, in their final game. Uh, and then, of course, if we talk about West Coast Fever, yes, the loss that maybe they had to have, but no one likes losing. Uh, so hopefully they can bounce back uh, in uh, the first of their um, consecutive away games uh, coming up again. And the Western Force, man, what a great win to get up against the Highlanders. First time in a decade that they got it. They just played champagne rugby, especially in the first half, leading 24-3. Um, but from a bat bounder perspective, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, all the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have your thoughts. And we look forward to touching base with you and all of our teams on the WA domestic sporting scene. But from yours truly, Adam Bat for now, I'm out.